0: Welcome to Imperfect Action. Uh, Of course, this is Brock Edwards, and my guest today is James Papiano. James, uh, it's tradition on the show, I always have guests introduce themselves, so uh, tell us a little bit uh, about who you are and
1: and what you do. Sure. It's great to be here, Brock. Uh, I am an independent consultant. I have a background in HR and in professional services firms, so my practice is... Uh, influenced heavily by that professional services experience, Uh, but I provide talent consulting strategy and uh, coaching for small, medium-sized firms. All right. So, and how long have you been
0: doing that? You said you're an independent consultant, so how long have you had that business?
1: Yeah, so I've been, in this iteration, I've been doing it for about eight years, uh, beginning of 2010.
0: Well, I I appreciate that you said this iteration. So tell us a little bit about that journey that got you to this business.
1: Well, you know, I think there's a there are a number of factors that determine this is not scientific by any means. But, you know, my observation and experience is that there are people for whom an independent or entrepreneurial uh, career path is a good fit. And there are obviously people for whom that's not the right fit. So. I come from a a history of independent or semi-independent generations. My father was an independent. uh, My mother has done some independent things, but was largely in organizations for her career. My grandfather was independent um, and my brother and sister have also been independent. So I've sort of danced in and out of organizations for my whole career, um, but gravitated towards Professional services, uh, consulting, uh, which has an entrepreneurial bent to it, even if you're in an organization, even in a large organization. Um, so I uh, was a VP of HR for a small firm uh, for a number of years, and it was a professional services firm that you know really um, valued creativity and innovation, and that on a entrepreneurial ethos uh, and i i took that out back out on my own i i did um before that gig i was i was on my own as a um proposal manager an independent proposal manager contracting to larger firms or organizations to help them with uh developing their proposals and the processes around those and that morphed into a focus on the people and the business and that's how I got into HR. So it's sort of been a, a winding path. Uh, but I feel right now I feel very lucky that I get to do um, work that I would probably be doing, even if I weren't getting paid, because I I love the intersection of businesses and organizations with individuals, um, and and Ooh. trying to figure that out. Nice. So,
0: well, you've come at this from kind of a different way, you know. So it sounds like your entire family was pretty independent. So it's almost more surprising that you would end up in an organization at any point. And, you know, I think a lot of people are on the other side where they you know, their families grew up working for, for larger businesses. And yet they, as you mentioned, you know, some of them kind of have this yearning to to go off on their own, whether that's start their own business or just do something on the side. Sure. Uh, you know, how do you, I was going to ask, how do you make that leap? But let me ramp up that question. How do you make that leap successfully?
1: Hmm.
0: <clears> At <throat> least from your experience and yeah. your observations.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think there are a couple of nice to have or must have ingredients, depending. But I'm not sure I could give you a formula. I think, for example, I think when you're in organizations, sometimes it is a trap uh, to to um, have your head down and and cut yourself off from a wider network. And if you ever think you're going to go out or ever have another job, go out on your own or have another job, that's a mistake. <laughs> so um, this is something that I did, and and I found when I went out on my own, my network was still there, but it was not warm. Um, so one of the things I think is a is a success factor is keeping your relationships. And including your support network, but also just contacts and people who are interesting who are directly in your sector, maybe people who aren't because when you go out on your own, that's a big part of the, of the work is connecting with other people.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think you bring up a great point and it is networking doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. In fact, a lot of people just kind of recoil at that word And yeah, I can totally see from what you're saying, like, if you're just showing up to your job, doing your work, going home, you know, you kind of have your work friends, but they're at the place where you work and doesn't do you a lot of good if you break off on your own and are needing multiple clients, multiple customers. So, and again, just from your experience, how do you, and we can remove the word network, but how do you build kind of that community around yourself or those contacts around yourself?
1: Right. So it is, I think, I think the workplace has changed. I think it's it's harder to be successful in organization and wall yourself off because the walls of an organization are more permeable now than they, they have been, say, 25, 30, 40 years ago. So, so that trend is supporting this idea of uh, being connected to to people who are outside of your immediate work group, it also there's also been a trend, in part because we have more research now, in part because information is shared so easily, that people in organization know more than ever before the value of relationships to their careers and to business, and that that becomes a focus um, for people even before they go out. But if they go out on their own, uh, it is a different it is a different experience because you don't have uh, as you say the same cast of characters showing up every day you have it's multi-dimensional you have clients all over the place with uh, different people coming in and out of your world perhaps more quickly than they would in a um, in an in-house position and uh, you know I think and we'll probably talk about this, part of, of what people should consider when they go out on their own is what are the system structures and processes and practices that they're going to use to make this connecting part of the work sustainable? The The idea is uh, you know, when you have a company directory, you could have 200,000 people in your organization, but there's a company directory that's already built for you. Uh, and we have LinkedIn now, but it doesn't do everything. So how are you going to manage your social media? How are you going to stay connected? How are you going to um, stay connected both in the social media sphere, but also in real life? What qualifies uh, for more of your time? A coffee, a lunch, a phone call, a dinner, you know, a multi-day event. These are all things that are a different calculus uh, when you're out on your own. Yeah, there's certainly the the balance of
0: opportunity cost there. You know, like you mentioned, is it worth having, you know, taking time out of my day to go have coffee with someone, have lunch with someone who, you know, is not a client, is just someone that that I'm meeting and interacting with when I have other work that I could be doing? You know, I, I guess the... Non-paid kind of thing, which we hope has the potential to blossom into something paid, but it isn't a sure thing at all. Right. How, how do you balance that? You know that that long-term future kind of planting the
1: seeds versus well, here's what's paying me right now. So, uh, like you were saying a few minutes ago, I was not given to networking, um, but I do enjoy connecting with people. So I figured out how to do it you know, in my way. And I, I give myself some guardrails and some rules. Um, you know, certainly, um, if I'm working with, you know, the clients I'm working with currently are in a special category. Uh, but I dedicate a certain number of hours per week to reaching out to people who I am not in contact by virtue of our, our work right now so that we can stay, in, uh, connected and, and I can, and catch up and, and I can hear what's go- important for them and they can hear what's important for me. Uh, I find that a nice, a nice rhythm, but I have to dedicate time on my schedule for that. I have to track who, you know, when was the last time I, I connected with so-and-so. Um, so it, it becomes, um, a little bit of its own enterprise. Uh, but it, you need to find rules and practices. I think that, uh, work for you and then, And then just stick to it uh, to make it work. Uh, It's very easy to get sucked into, and this is true whether you're in-house or on on your own, it's very easy to get sucked into delivery and to forget about the rest of the world. Um, So I think you have to, you you know, and what we know about habits now are that, is that, you know, willpower is not enough. So you can't just say, oh, I'm going to do it. You have to build the system structures and processes. And if necessary, uh, get some help. Uh, you know, with a virtual assistant or software that's going to help you stay focused for the number of hours that you think you should be dedicating to outreach and uh, relationship building.
0: Yeah, what, well, you know, and there's the the flip side to that, which is it's also easy to do a lot of non-work things and pretend that they're work. <laughs> <laughs> especially when you're on your own and when you're starting out and don't have a lot of work to occupy your time. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you help people get beyond that? Or how did you get beyond that? You know, when you were first setting off of really kind of understanding, no, this is actually work and no, this is just me surfing Twitter.
1: Yeah. I, I, my experience, I I just in fact had lunch yesterday with somebody who I, I had, Uh, Advised on moving out of organization into his own thing, and I was getting the update for the first time uh, in about four or five months uh, since he left his in-house position. And luckily, it's and happily, it's going very well. I think what was motivating for him was fear, right? Fear of failure. Um, And so, I think I think there are two things that can help people who are who are just starting out start to get their arms around this challenge uh one is be very clear on what the stakes are and understand how long it 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 takes to build a business it takes it takes time and and uh, you know if you're going to waste the first three or six months uh not being diligent for half the day uh, then you need some more education Um, And I I think that's another piece that people should really think hard about who who's been there, who's done that and who's advising me, who do I have in my kitchen cabinet to remind me and help keep me accountable for the things that are not sexy, maybe that I don't even know how how to do or I don't know that I should do them. How am I going to learn? Uh, so one of the things that's that's really exciting for me about being out on my own is that I'm learning new things all the time. Now, That doesn't mean I'm, I wouldn't learn if I were in house. I think that you know I'm I think I would, but you're learning a lot of things uh, when you're out on your own, and the stakes are pretty high. Um, so this this one guy I'm telling you about uh, I had lunch with yesterday, um, we were careful when he was making this transition that we structured his days with some of these activities we're talking about, that the communications around exiting the organization and launching the new gig were well thought out and well executed, that he understood how he was going to structure his engagements, both contractually and in terms of delivery um, and how to keep himself alive and warm in that network. You know, sometimes when people go out after being in an in house position, they go out on their own. There's a subtext question that's, Oh, is this just what he's doing until he gets his next gig? Now, for some people, that's true. Some people, it's an experiment and they learn, Oh, this isn't for me. Or for some people, it's just, I don't know what I want yet, or I I don't have that next thing yet. So I'm going to, you know, do some consulting. That's great. Uh, but if you are going to make a go of this, then I think you need to have some good advisors. You need to have, build your own structure uh, because you can't rely on the organization to do that. Um, and you'll pay attention to, uh, all the things that, um, build a business that aren't, um, necessarily fun. Cause it'll be different for you than it is for me, but we're all going to have stuff that we don't like to do. Sure.
0: Well, you, you, you're, kind of touching on uh, a point there that I'm always trying to figure out. So I've asked a lot of people this and it's, you hear two different kinds of stories being told when it comes to business. And one is a story of, you know, persistence, just keep chugging away. You know, you you don't want to be the guy that was, you know, three feet from success when you quit and, you know, keep moving forward. There's a lot of I think there's kind of kind of a lot of machismo that gets built up around it as well, especially on social media. And then there's this other, seems to be, philosophy where, where you hear about really successful businesses that had to, like, pivot three times before they found really what their business was. You know, the first one crashed and burned or they decided to go pursue this other thing and eventually ended up in a place. And I don't know, from your experience, from what you advise others, from what you've seen is – How do you determine when to keep moving forward because you're almost there, and when to say no? I need to rethink this and and maybe refocus and do something else.
1: Yeah, you know, I I think it's hard to give a general rule about that. In my own case, what I what I'm doing now and and what I've done over these years hasn't changed, but what has changed, reflective of your conversation is or your question is. is how I talk about it. So I do think there may be two things here. There's that more uh, high stakes question you're asking, which is, is this a go or a no go? Uh, And and if it's a no go, do I, do I start a new venture or do I go find a job? Um, And then there's the question of, you know, is this an evolution of, uh, and a deepening understanding of who I am and what I'm doing? Or if you're, you have a firm, what we're doing. Um, And, and that, That that is continuous. Um, If you talk to people who are out on their own, they'll tell you that the iterations of marketing um, framing that they they have for themselves have really changed a lot because you're experimenting. You're also responding to the market. I think on the go no go decision is this just a is this an empty well or a great idea at the wrong time? I think you have to pay attention to the market uh, and and be really analytical. Uh, about what's possible. Uh, that's a really tough question. I don't I, I agree with you I don't think you can just persevere your way through a bad idea or bad timing. Um, but um, you know I think for myself and for people who like me who have found something that's a really good fit, it's more about reconfiguring it. Uh, or or figuring you know educating yourself on the parts of the business that you don't understand or you haven't had a lot of experience with uh or or scaling it uh that that becomes the question um but but i there are i i I'm advising one person right now uh they've just had a very uh, difficult setback around one of their primary products they're probably their um seminal product. And uh, it's not a death blow to that product. It just means they're going to have to start again with a lot of development and testing. Um, And so they're not going to have to scrap the whole thing. And the reason they're not going to scrap the whole thing is because the idea, the vision, uh, the, the framing of that enterprise in the market is still persuasive to the investors and to the board so but but it would it could have been a death blow so that's an example of where um you can call it persistence uh, but but it, it really is just analyzing no wait the market actually wants this um we just have we this we just struck out here or something beyond our control uh set us back and we're not going to give up uh so i do think i do think there's a there is a sort of um difference between, um, a business that has a really genuine hook in the market or a genuine hook in yourself, (laughs) you know, that, that you, you believe in it, uh, versus some, something that you're, where you're purely entrepreneurial. What can I put together? That's going to turn some money. Um, in the, in the former category, people tend to be a lot more persistent because they have their identity is at stake. Uh, or, or the, the market has already said, yes, you know, there are other players in that market and you know, that it's a good, it's a, it's going to be a good place to go. You just have to figure out, you know, the, the details of it. Um, but some people, you know, might have what, a what? bad idea <laughs> and and they're going to have to, they're going to have to jump ship.
0: Well, and, and let me ask you about that. Cause you mentioned, you know, that, that hook where your identity is really at stake, that that makes it hard to think you know clearly, objectively, rationally about things when it becomes about you versus about an idea and i, I don't I don't know is there a it, it feels like there there's probably some necessary balance point between yes, this is something I, you know I love I'm involved with, this is really important to me, but without crossing that that balance point, that line into this is about me, <laughs> you know, who, who I am, like success or failure is at my core versus this idea. Um, actually, I'm not even sure what my question is there for you, James. I guess I'm thinking no, I think
1: I have a question around that because I think there's, there is, um, I do think there's some irrationality to the success formula. Uh, to your point, I think it you can you have to be careful. You have to, you know, the good news is that in business, there are lots of quantitative measures to tell you if your your unconscious bias is out of control. <laughs> um but your and hopefully your advisors or, or customers are gonna tell you some feedback too. Um but there there is some appropriate level of irrationality in saying, I'm gonna create this. Or I'm going to live into this identity. I'm going to live into this potential. And this is and, and, it, and for some of us, I mean, uh, people who are very well matched to their um, their work, uh, their role, whether they're in an organization or they're independent, that becomes a, a very profound vehicle for uh, self actualization. So I do agree there are risks to over-identifying with your business or uh, your venture, but uh, without identifying with it, I think you may only be playing in the shallow end of the pool and you may shortchange the potential for the business, but also shortchange the gratification that you get out of it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
0: It does. It, it does. You know, And I think like most things that – it sounds like, you know, we're both kind of struggling with, you know, there isn't like this one formulaic answer to it, that there is some sort of balance out there. And that's really hard to see. And, and earlier, you mentioned this idea of having, you know, advisors or a kitchen mm-hmm. cabinet. How do you how do you advise people to find or, or recruit those folks? I mean, because it occurs to me that, you know, our, our friends are kind of an obvious thing, but um, they're probably wired to either... Support us wholly or just give us so much grief that (laughs) neither is helpful. Um, And and of course, we, you know, we have our spouses, our significant others who, um, well, are probably really good on on calling uh, us out when we're we're not doing what we need to be doing. um, You know, probably also have too much of a vested interest to to stay objective and provide that kind of outside view that's significantly different from yours. You know, how do you recommend people find advisors? That that seems like an yeah. interesting conversation. I uh, anyway. I think
1: I think there are a couple of avenues here. One is uh the the uh reading, you know, uh finding authors uh who and there are two categories. There's the category of who are the people who have been there, done that, who are talking about a solo practice or a small business, how to build that, that kind of thing. Um, and then there's the subject matter uh, specialists. Maybe you know if you're if you're in accounting, you may want to read up on those you know from those folks and and those organizations. Um, there's so much out there now, not only in terms of published books, but in terms of on websites and and um, in social media, people are publishing that you you start to open up your mind to the, the right questions and things will start to resonate from there. I think you can start to identify people you want to follow and start to be part of communities uh, that are about the same stuff you are. So these are very, um, these are more high time, low dollar uh, expenditures, but there are certainly coaches and consultants out there um, who specialize either in your sector and subject area and, or in the, um, idea of building a solo practice or a small business or both, uh, if you're lucky, uh, who you can engage as a coach or a consultant or, uh, you know, sort of follow their stuff that I think that's, that's one really good way to do it. Another way to do it is to be very close to your clients. Um, I was, I was with a client, a group of clients, a leadership team recently, um, they're in the professional services sector, and they were debating whether or not to do um, client surveys. And I do a client survey. I do different kinds of surveys. Sometimes they're um, post-engagement or post-training surveys. Sometimes they're relationship surveys. Uh, But what's interesting is, if you're a solo practitioner, you're pretty close to your clients. Um, Especially in the kind of work I do. You know, coaching, uh, consulting—you're very close to your clients, so you you know if things are going well or or not going well. And yet, when I do these surveys, I always learn something. Sometimes they're pretty big things uh, that I have to jump on right away. Um, So I would say another thing for people to consider is learning how to have open, honest feedback with clients uh, and and see you know what you can learn. From there. And then over time, I think it, what emerges is what's going to work for you. Uh, do you, would you benefit from having a, a regular coach um, and, or join a, a group of, of people who are doing the same sort of work and who, who support each other? So I think there are different ways you can go about discovering that.
0: You know, one of, one of my beliefs is that the organization cannot improve until the individuals improve. And, you know, I I think a lot of times big business forgets that and just tries to improve the organization without helping people get better. Uh, But, you know, business is always done for, by, and through people. You know, there's just no way to avoid people in the equation. In fact, you mentioned it earlier, just you enjoy that crossroads between the organization Mm -hmm. and the individual. So, you know, if you can't get the organization better without getting the individual better, and, you know, like we've been talking about kind of that solopreneur where, like, the organization is the individual – what are some skills, maybe non-intuitive skills that you've noticed are really, really helpful for people to develop?
1: Mm. Well, I think this is the reason it's necessary for solo consultants or independents to um, develop these kind of things is perhaps slightly different. You can spin it a little differently. Than people who are in-house. But I think it all tracks as part of the same category, which is we know that performance at work is related to more than just your subject matter expertise. Uh, It's related to how well you relate and collaborate with others. Um, That's that depends a lot on your own emotional maturity which depends a lot on how you take care of yourself. How's your sleep? How's your nutrition? How's your exercise? Uh, I, I, I heard about one small study uh, that was done that that actually identified spirituality as more predictive of leadership success than other domains like subject matter expertise, financial acumen, Etc. Um, so I would say personal development and everybody's going to have a different idea of what that is and where to start and what the ambition is, what the vision is. But, um, it, it, one, once you're in your business, it, it's hard work, uh, whether you're established or you're trying to establish and it, it's a marathon. So the same rules apply as if you were going to be in a corporate career. How do you manage your performance? How do you amplify that and get that where it needs to be? What, what are you doing for recovery? What are you doing for self-care? So that may be non-intuitive when you're really worried about getting your first client. But it, in the end, or even maybe well before the end, it, it becomes a critical success factor. Well, James, as we, um, wrap up today,
0: you know, this is a great conversation, a lot of great ideas just around, you know, that being that entrepreneur, particularly that solopreneur, um, you know, how, how that differs from just your, your, regular corporate job or job in an organization and, you know, just kind of all the different approaches and things to think about, which, which I'd love, um, any final things that, you know, I haven't asked you about that, uh you know, kind of came up in your mind or you were hoping I would ask you about
1: or. No, I think, I, I think you know, some of these things we touched on are really big topics like the connection between professional success and personal development. Um, the, um, the, the, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but this idea around um, you have to improve the individuals in an organization uh, to, to improve business results. I think that's true, and then there's the, there's sort of another category, which is uh, the system structures and processes that keep those humans uh, in the road, <laughs> because we can't we none of mm. us are are that good over the course of decades to to do um, great things and and to keep civilization going without some really strong infrastructure. Um, so I think there's a lot there's a this is a great conversation. There's a lot to talk about, but but I think for me in the solopreneur area, maybe one of the most important is that connection between um, identity and the business. And then, you know, who am I becoming as a a person? Uh, What am I learning? And uh, how am I taking care of myself for the sake of of being able to perform at my best? Nice, nice. Well, James, where can people find you? Connect with me on Twitter or on LinkedIn or on my website, jamespapiano.com. I'm always interested in, in hearing from people and um, if I can help, I'm happy to do that.
0: Well, excellent. Well, my final question for you, James, is kind of the flip side of that. Um, how can people help you out? What, what would your ask be of the listeners?
1: Yeah, I well, I think it's, first first answer is the same answer. Let's connect. Because I, I think there's a lot of value in that. Uh, but I would say um, this, this. I don't know. I want to caveat this answer, but I'm not going to. I'm going to resist the urge. Um, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Work is hard, whether you're in house or you're out uh, on your own, or whether you're in transition. Um, and it doesn't. It doesn't have to suck. So you know, take a deep breath. Think about what you where you want to go and who you want to be and then figure out what it's going to take and and don't lie to yourself about that. Because I think if we honestly, Brock, if we think about this as a system, all of us, wherever we are, are trying to improve that system so that, you know, it's, it's better for us. We can become more of who we want to be and, uh, and then also for, you know, make our businesses successful. Very good. Well, James, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much.